Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show. It is Thursday, the 18th of June, 2020, at 1 p.m. BST, minus nine minutes, or plus nine minutes. Minus nine minutes would make it 12.51. It's absolutely not 12.51. I hope you've had a good week. Thank you for joining me once again. The Twitch journey continues as we step ever closer to affiliate status. And when we do get to affiliate status, we can start having fun with subscriptions and bits and all that kind of stuff. And isn't that what we want from life? Of course it is. Um, in the meantime, if you do want to help support me, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Bunch of rewards on there as well. I'll send you stuff in the mail. Come follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Simon316. Make sure you support pinsandknuckles.com and pinsandknucklesmerch.com. And make sure you check me out over on YouTube. Just search for Simon Miller. It's, it's been an exhausting week for wrestling. If you are uh, paying attention to all the news, you will know what I'm talking about. We're just going to blast through that because I can't get into it right now. It's too, it's too exhausting. Uh, but even from um, you know a, a global wrestling point of view, you know everything going on with WWE and their delayed tapings because of all the testing issues they've been having. Kevin Owens, for example, is now lo- no longer going to be on Raw because yeah, a couple of dudes tested positive in the WWE camp, and he doesn't want to, I guess, pass it on to his family. I think they also lost a family member recently, the Owens. So I mean, the Steens, I should say. So you know, uh, well wishes with all of them. That's a horrible thing, and so many people have gone through that during this during this time. It's just, it's just been absolutely nuts. And don't forget, Backlash was only four days ago. Think how much stuff has happened since Backlash. It's just, it never ends, the wrestling train. You would have thought it would have calmed down when we have no fans in the arena, but no, it's still an absolute, uh, an absolute crazy time. And of course, in the last 24 hours, we have both NXT and AEW. Now, as you know, I don't get to watch NXT until usually Fridays and the weekend. It's just the way of things. You know, it's just the way of things. That's life. There's so much television. There's so much television. There's so much wrestling on TV. You've got to pace it out as best as you can. I'm invisible again, I've just realized. I'm wearing a white top. What is going on? Um, but I did check out AEW Dynamite, of course. Ups and downs going live on What Culture in around about 49 minutes. So make sure you go and subscribe to them so you can check it out. I thought Dynamite was very good. Just I thought it's um, it wasn't one of their explosive episodes, which they do have every now and then. But in terms of a wrestling show that makes everything connect, continues on stories, introduces new ones, and gets a new a few characters in there too. Yeah, I, I, again, when we got to Sammy Guevara and Jericho taking on the best friends, I was like, that is a quick old two hours. That didn't feel like two hours at all. That absolutely shot by. And I think the tease that I liked more than anything was the Cody Rhodes one. And look, it could be absolutely nonsense. It could be uh, a tease for the sake of a tease and doesn't go anywhere. But I certainly think towards the end of the year, the latter part of 2020, Cody is potentially going to turn on us all and go heel. Now, I don't know if that is going to be the case, but the more it has been hinted at and the more that people have started talking about it, I see so much worth in the Cody character being a bad guy, especially because his big thing here was last week when I was getting beaten up by Jake Hagar. Where was the Nightmare family? Where was the elite? Am I not supposed to be part of these two things? This doesn't make sense. And there's everyone's debating it online. I swear he did that on his chest. He gave the four horsemen sign. 
I would presume Sean Spears would be in the Four Horsemen, so that would be a bit strange because he hates Cody Rhodes. But let's say that you did do some kind of Four Horsemen staple with Cody, Sean Spears, obviously Tully Archer, Arn Anderson, which would tie in, and FTR. And I don't mind the lot of groups. I've said this before. I don't think you can have too many groups as long as they make sense. Sometimes they say, oh, I don't mind groups. Then you get a group for the sake of having a group. And go, You're a hypocrite. You're like, oh, man, kill me now. But I think that'd be kind of cool. And I also think it actually opens the door to, and I don't know how I would feel about this. Again, execution is everything. But Cody, and again, you'd have to come up with a way this makes sense from a, a an officiating point of view. But if Cody then reneged on his promise never to go after the world championship and won it as a bad guy, I actually think that's really cool. And you can kind of come up with the argument, yes, but then how am I meant to believe in anything anymore? You know, I, I want to be able to invest in storylines and I can't. To me personally, if it did go down the way that in my head I think it would go down, it would be worth it. I think it'd be absolutely worth it. I think that would be awesome. And his matches, the last two matches before this one, he took on Ricky Starks this week, obviously, in the Open Challenge. He also got signed to a deal. I like Ricky Starks a lot. I've seen him a few times. I think he's really good. But I felt like there was more heel tendencies in his match against Jungle Boy and Mark Quinn, whereas this just kind of felt like no good guys, no bad guys, just straight-up athletic competition. Who's the better wrestler? Cody wins after Crossroads. All good. It's not going to happen anytime soon because there's no way Jake Hagar's going to be a face in their Fighter Fest match. Jake Hagar's going to be a heel for the rest of his career. But I, just, I, I guess there was something there that I really latched onto. And I was like, oh, man, there's so, a bad Cody we could do so much with. And he could go after the elite and he could go after maybe something with his brother. That's always going to get the right kind of emotion. How you then tie up all the loose ends with MJF, I don't know. So there are plenty of things out there that make me go, I'm getting carried away. Do you know what I mean? I'm not actually thinking this through. But we will see. I like the fact that we get to have this conversation, though. I like the fact that the intrigue is there. Sometimes from wrestling, that's all I need. So, yeah, all good. All good with me. Again, great match between him and Ricky Starks. Not too long either. Shorter than the other matches he's had in the Open Challenge. And I think we've still got a couple of weeks till Fighter Fest. So we'll see who else, uh, who else he brings in. Obviously, my challenge is out there. People keep tweeting me at Simon316. I've said it. It's in the abyss. I will fight. It's a really bad idea that I fight Cody Rhodes for the AEW Championship. My last match was like the end of February because then the world shut down and Brit Wrestling has not returned yet and I'm terrified it may not actually return until next year. It all depends on when you can get fans back in arenas because they are the life, they're the life source of wrestling in general. But obviously WWE and AEW can get away without those live gates, although they'd certainly prefer it. I don't think British wrestling can. I think they need the, the money on the door. They need the merchandise money, which obviously makes all the sense in the world. So we'll have to see what, uh, what goes down. But I'm excited. I really want it to happen. I really want Cody Rhodes to be the world champion in 2021. And us all to be like, what a piece of crap. What a piece of crap. He told us he would never do it. Now he's spitting on us. And I want Cody to be all arrogant. Like, well, I did what I have to do. Rah, rah, rah. I don't get all this Cody's on television too much. I love Cody Rhodes stuff. I love promos. I love the Open Challenge. I love the fact he's TNT champion. You can call me a kiss ass. That's fine. What's wrong with kids in someone's ass? You pucker up. You give, you give him a lovely little kiss. Do not know what we're talking about. Um, let's do some of the chat before we get into Dynamite proper. Um, Pratushi0112. Simon, you should do this on the weekend so you can give your opinion on both NXT and AEW. We'd love to hear your opinion on NXT since you usually don't talk about it as much as AEW. I'd love to do that, man, but I do need some time off. <laughs> I do need some time just to, you know, um, unwind and uh, decompress from professional wrestling. Some weeks I don't watch NXT. Do you know what I mean? Like some days I'm just like, I just need to, I'll always catch up on it, 
But I'm just like, I need to, I, again, I love what I do and I'm happy to do what I do. But you also need to separate yourself from it every now and then. Otherwise, you're just going to go crazy. So unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Um, it's just life. I have to watch AEW. This is the time I've got to do a podcast. I know that it will, I can touch on NXT a little bit because I always try and read up about what happened. It certainly sounds like Vince McMahon has sunk his teeth into a little bit. I've heard some of the foolishness and the gaga. <laughs> And look, we'll see what happens. It's not like they were smashing AEW in the ratings. So to then all of a sudden go, well, they shouldn't try anything new, although it's not technically new. The proof is in the pudding, right? I never like to stand here and go, well, that was rubbish. And then it does a monster rating because you're like, well, as long as most people like it, that's what matters. I was having this conversation with someone the other day about uh, doing comedy in, um, uh, what do you call it, in wrestling. And he was like, well, I don't like comedy. And Dave Meltzer was talking about it today earlier. And I saw people on Squared Circle. This is the whole, the whole deal. Uh, they're saying they don't think you should do comedy stuff when there's no crowd. And I was like, what difference does it make? It's the same with entertainment. As long as the person at home laughs at it, fine. <laughs> What's the issue? But uh, I will catch up with NXT and I'll talk about it um, as soon as I can. Uh, Eon2210 says, will Cody defend on both weeks of Fighter Fest? Well, I don't see why he wouldn't. His whole point would be, his whole point is that he wants to defend it weekly. So I guess that he will. And I think that's cool. And maybe that's what proves to be his undoing. Maybe Lance Archer is one of the contestants. Where's Lance Archer gone, right? He just vanished after beating that dude up in a, in a, in a trash yard. Maybe he went on the run. Maybe he's like, oh, I can't just beat people up in, in dumps. I better, I better get out of here. Uh, someone's saying, like, Gilberg. That's nice. Not asshole. Joking. Uh, what do you think of the TNT belt, says Matty P? I'm not a belt guy. I don't care. They've already come out and said they need to, to finish it off again when the world gets going. I get over these things. Uh, I get over these things quite quickly. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind. I don't mind at all. And uh, Franklin Goodwin says, I swear that people that want no comedy in wrestling just have no sense of humor. I don't get it, dude. I don't get it at all. I, I like a bit of goofiness. Like even the Viking Raiders Street Profit stuff, which absolutely separated everyone down the middle. It wasn't the best thing that I've ever seen. But in terms of me sitting on a couch on Monday and watching some wrestling and laughing about how stupid it was, I was entertained. Does it matter what entertain means? I don't think so. As long as you enjoyed what you watched, then you haven't wasted your time. Um, as for AEW Dynamite on a whole, I just can't believe we're getting Cody, uh, Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. It's just an amazing time we're living in. I've said this everywhere, but I'll say it again. If I had told you this even sort of a year ago, you would have looked to me like I was nuts. Even more so if it, when Chris Jericho was doing his last WWE run. I'm not sure what the um, uh, 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 what's the word? opinion on Orange Cassidy was back then. But the fact that, you know, former WWE champion Chris Jericho, a guy that has done it all, taking on Orange Cassidy, a guy whose gimmick is so polarizing when he did get signed to AEW there's a bunch of nuts people going oh it's the worst thing ever I can't believe it it's gonna be fantastic and I think the way that AEW has treated the orange gimmick persona has been <laughs> orange Cassidy persona has been awesome because he has been doing the lazy kicks and that I can't be bothered especially in the money uh, the, the ladder match they had a few weeks ago but last night when he was disguised as the cameraman not only did he screw over Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho in their match but as soon as he had unreeled he went nuts there was no half-assing it here he was proper like no Chris Jericho you screwed me over you're a piece of trash now I'm pissed off so now you're going to get my whole force great that's a character arc that's depth that's storytelling that's evolution, that's progression. That's all the things that we want from professional wrestling. Doesn't mean you have to like it. 
And you can say it's stupid when he's giving those people kicks, but no one sells the kicks. It'd be different if people sold those lazy kicks like, oh, it's the worst thing ever, but they don't. So I'm really, really psyched for this. I think if anyone knows what to do in a match like that, it's Chris Jericho, again, given all of his experience. I don't think Orange Cassidy should win. I don't think it matters. If he does, better still. But I cannot wait. In terms of if I had an intrigue chart and zero was no intrigue and 10 was all the intrigue, 9.2, because you always got to give yourself some leeway because you never know what's going to happen next. But I love this and I think it's going to be absolutely awesome. I really, really do. It's, it's just not, it's like you telling me in 10 years time, we're going to get, I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but we're going to get The Rock versus James Ellsworth. <laughs> like that's the, this, that's a bit unfair, but that's the equivalent to me. I remember when I first started seeing Orange Cassidy, I never thought it was before AEW was a thing, but I never thought there was going to be the opportunity to get those two worlds clashing together. And it's another reason that I'm happy that All Elite Wrestling exists because it's, it's broken down some of the walls. Oh, the irony, Chris Jericho, but it has, and it, it's opened up people's minds to be more creative and then people go in the comments are oh, you biased towards AEW? <sighs> i'm not biased towards anything i'm a grown man like if you are biased towards anything and it's not like i'm biased to my partner in life or my mum you need to grow up <laughs> it's just wrestling you should just enjoy it and not enjoy it based on what you're watching what a waste of time i know look i have too much going on in my life to, to get to, let's say, 85. I've had a very good life. Lying on my deathbed and going, man, I'm really, really happy I was biased towards AEW. No. It's like the same time. Anytime I give a down to AEW on ups and downs, what culture, check it out. People are like, oh, you really reached for that down. And it's not reaching. It's about taking each segment and going, how did that make me feel? And it doesn't mean that it's bad. But if I can sort of find a logical issue with it, or it kind of makes me scratch my head, I'm like, okay, I'll give a down. But some people think, oh, you just give downs because you won't give all ups. It's not the Oscars. <laughs> I don't know why I'm ranting. But it's not the Oscars. It's a bald asshole giving, pointing his finger up and down to give good and bad bits to wrestling shows. If I just never gave a down again, or some people would get mad about it. But yeah, it's absolutely crazy. I think it's great. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I love Floyd the Bat. I love Sammy Guevara. He's an absolute moron in the best possible way. Uh, good main event. Good main event. All the matches on Dynamite were good. The first one with um, uh, Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall taking on Tag Team Champions Omega and Hangman Page. Again, I thought it was a little bit weird they had the tag team match just because they hadn't really established what they'd done on Dark. So this week, AEW made a massive uh, deal of letting you know what happened on Dark. Okay, cool. Now I'm over it and I can progress. But a really, really good match. I thought it was good. I like the fact that when Ali came out there, QT Marshall was all like puffing his chest out all of a sudden. Like, oh, I'll be the big man now because my lady's here. And that's what screwed it up for them. I love that Hangman Page and Omega have had this you know, super long tag team run. I think they're great. We probably do need to go back to their story at some point, but I'm sure it will happen uh, in due course. Uh, Young Bucks versus Kip Sabian, Jimmy Havoc, also good. There was a lot of gaga and shenanigans. Like the referee in nearly every match was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. And there was some kind of distraction. But I don't know. I don't care. That's, I'll just be honest with you. I, I, I couldn't give two hoots. The bit when Jimmy Havoc just had a mallet as well. <laughs> Jimmy Havoc. What a crazy person. I don't want to spoil his gimmick. He's also a really nice guy. Uh, Matty P2701. Would you ever want to see WWE versus EEW versus New Japan? Absolutely. Um, that would be like a World Cup of wrestling. And it, the, the only winners there would be the fans. But the po politics involved would be too much. Because no one from WWE is going to want to lose. And no one from AEW and no one from New Japan. It just, it just wouldn't happen. Maybe one day AEW and New Japan can have some kind of relationship. I think that would work but never to the point of that level. Look what happened when a bought WCW came into WWE. 
It was absolute pants. It didn't even last a year. And I know the Survivor Series did a big buy rate when it was uh, the final one. But it should have been even bigger. It should have topped a million. And we should have got... I understand why we didn't get the likes of Goldberg in. We didn't want to break the pay structure of WWE. But that still pisses me off as a fan. Of course it does. I don't worry about WWE's financials. I don't have to. I worry about what I'm seeing on the screen. And if you tell me that World Championship Wrestling are invading the World Wrestling Federation, Federation, I want to see Goldberg. I want to see Hogan. I want to see Hall. I want to see Nash. I want to see Sting. You know, I want to see all these guys. I want to see Flair. He didn't come until afterwards. And, and Bischoff, and the fact we didn't get any of that was uh, was disappointing, and it would be the same if you did it now. Nothing will change. I mean, look what happened to Sting. Sting's not that far removed from his WWE run, four years or so, and he got twonked at WrestleMania 32, 31, whatever it was. You know, and not only did he get tonked, he used a sledgehammer, and then Sting was told, oh, yeah, then you've got to shake Triple H's hand. Why would he shake Triple H's hand? And why did the NWO come out to help Sting? I know he had a little bit of an affiliation with him, but not to that point. Anyway, we don't need to talk about that. It's a long-ass time ago. Uh, Darren4785 says, I never get mad about your ups and downs. It's awesome content. People are too serious. Ah, dude, I'm not going to lie. I do appreciate that, but I secretly like it when people get mad, and I like it when people like it. Engagement's everything. It's a John Cena argument. As long as people tune in, watch, and have an emotional reaction, I'm 100%. Uh, I'm 100% all good. Cali uh, Kid 818 says, The Natural Nightmares is the worst tag team name. There's definitely worse. The Ding Dongs, for example. And they were, they were, they were, they were doorbells, if I remember. Ding and Dong. That's, that's pretty bad. There was also two guys that were penises. I think that was NWA. Maybe. I can't remember. Maybe AWA. But yeah, two people got cast as penises. Maybe it was WWE. There has been worst, is my is my point. Uh, Chris H. Jill Sandwich says, Havoc has a never-ending supplies of weapons. It's a bit like Wiley Coyote. It is. It is. That's why I get a massive kick out of it. It's so dumb. I thought that match was really, really entertaining too. And I liked all the fallout from it as well. FTR getting involved, Butcher and the Blade getting involved. Uh, saw the Indy Taker and the Spike Pile Driver at the same time, which is kind of the same move. And then you get the stare off. I think we're building to that really well. And maybe we even get a match where they force the team together, FTR and the Bucks, and that all falls apart too. So yeah, I think that will be cool. Um, I really liked the women's match as well between, I can't remember her name, Anna Rose. No, that's not it. Uh, but you know who I'm talking about. And Abaddon, I keep calling her Abandon because she's got such a freaky gimmick. Uh, but I tweeted about this earlier. Anna J. I tweeted about this earlier. Abaddon has such a strange gimmick. And it's one of those when you see it and you're like, okay, what do I think about this? But she's so committed to it and it's so different and it is kind of freaky. I think I get behind, I think I'm behind it. I mean, because the fact I was thinking about it so much was that like, I must like it. And what I really dug is that Anna Jay had all this build up. Oh, it's Anna Jay. Oh my gosh, Anna Jay. And then she just got whooped. Now, if that had just happened without anything else, I'd be like, well, that was stupid. But the fact the Dark Order came out, they should be recruiting people of the opposite sex. And they should be trying to recruit Colt Cabana, which they also tied into this, even though it was just Evil Uno giving him an envelope. I like little things like that. Not every week you have to have a massive story or dedicate five minutes to a segment. Just plant the seeds. Keep it going. The Britt Baker stuff is also the best thing that's happened on television in the last month. Big Swole kidnapping her, Tony Schiavone not saving her because he's on a, a friend timeout, and then her ending up in a dumpster with Reba trying to sell her, Reba, whatever, trying to save her, and them even talking about why the hell there was a cameraman with lights there. It's thumbs up all round. The only, the only fault, I get why AEW has to do it. They got backed into a corner. But the only thing, again, talking about the logic aspect, the only thing that does get me a little bit is Sheeda versus Penelope Ford. Penelope Ford should have had a match this evening, last night, that she won just to give her, 
justification for a title shot a little bit more weight because all she did is have that match last week where she cheated now i don't mind i can get past the fact that because i think it's quite established that tony khan makes these matches even though we never see him i don't mind tony khan making a women's match with penelope ford even though she's cheating because a win is a win and it's up for the referee to catch that stuff but I think you kind of need more than one win in a tag team match to justify your shot at the title. Just my opinion. It's not a big deal. It doesn't ruin my enjoyment of the show. But again, I try and watch it logically and critically as opposed to not because I only think that's fair. And there was a guy on my Twitter yesterday, some bonkers person, going, you're biased to AEW. Things happen in AEW that happen in WWE and you only gear it down in WWE, not AEW. They're different shows. They're different shows, like the roll-up counter, for example. You can't go, ha-ha, AEW's crap because it does a bunch of roll-ups because WWE did four. That's not fair. You have to judge it on its own merits because he was mad that AEW does a roll-up counter. Look, I tell you this, if in six months I've noticed that every single match is ending with a roll-up counter, I will call them out for it. It's mad to me. It really, really is absolutely bonkers. Uh, Danny Phoenix says, the internet at large loves Abaddon. She's just so freaky. I love it. Oh, good. I didn't know that. Um, I'm, I, I just think she's so committed to it. And that's all you need to do with any kind of character or persona. Just commit and make sure that it's not awkward. And what I, what I mean by that is it's people that only half ask something, then it does feel awkward because you're like, I'm missing something here. There's a disconnect, which of course there would be because commitment, commitment is everything. So I'm happy to see where that goes. You can look, you need, you always need that dark character. And a few people were crapping on it. But to me, it's no different than The Undertaker or Bray Wyatt. They did spooky things. If you've been watching the Last Ride Network documentary, you've seen all the old vignettes they used to do in a graveyard. And there's one with Undertaker in Kamala's grave, uh, coughing. Going, so I got no problem with it. Again, you just got to go all in, ironically. And I think they will do. So I, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I just think it's a bit different. And again, Britt Baker is the hero is the hero that we all need massively what a great heel turn that's been i'm not going to get on my uh on my high horse once again but <laughs> i did say when she first started doing it that i thought she was awesome and i get my phone because as always i forget i forget what's happened because my brain is just too fueled with wrestling i love the main event i thought it was awesome we've talked about it orange cassidy is is just a great guy uh, all the time, I saw someone saying that they didn't think the John Moxley cage match has been built very well. I disagree. I think Taz is awesome. I actually think out of all the partnerships we have, Jake and Lance, Cody and Arn, Tully and Sean, I think Taz and Cage works the best. I think it actually gives Brian Cage something else. But Taz was super pissed off here. Brian Cage was super pissed off here. Cut to John Moxley. He's super pissed off here. There's nothing wrong with that to me. I think that's absolutely... It's, it's simple. We probably need it to ramp up a little bit over the coming weeks because he is your world champion. But I also give them a little bit of a free pass because we are living in pandemic times. But no, I like all of that. My only real thing is, is that I assume Brian Cage will lose. And then what do you do with Brian Cage after that? Because he's come in, he's run amok, he's won the, the magic chip or whatever. But then he's, he, he's lost his first match. So, um, But maybe they do it like Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley. Maybe as opposed to other Moxley programs, we're going to go a couple of matches here, maybe even three. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We, 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 we will get into it as and when it happens. That's it, though, isn't it? That's Dynamite. Oh, oh, sorry, Billy Gunn and MJF. Again, something else that people were moaning about. Why did Billy Gunn and MJF have such a long match? Because Billy Gunn is massive, and MJF is not as massive. You have to get there some believability in there. I liked all of it. Billy Gunn screwed up by bringing his family to ringside. Wardlow was like, well, I can exploit that. I'm going to ruin your kids' lives, which he did. Serves him right. Throws the diamond ring to MJF, and he wins by cheating. 
There's nothing wrong with that. That's absolutely awesome. So I liked it. I don't know where we're going with MGF. Obviously, they had a big brawl between him and Wardlow and the Jurassic Express afterwards. Uh, if we do get Marco Stunt involved in that, I presume MGF and Wardlow need a third. But they're such dingleberries. I don't know who would join them. They don't have any friends. I'm probably forgetting someone, though. I'm sure they could recruit someone. But that's all good. That's just kind of a nice thing. I think MGF has bigger plans down the line. We're just waiting to get there. But I certainly didn't mind the, the, the length of the match. You know, if he had just beaten Billy Gunn in two minutes, that would have been ridiculous. Billy Gunn is, is not small. <laughs> He's not small at all. And that really was dynamite. No wonder it goes so fast. It's because it's so damn it's so damn easy to, to, to watch. It's all very succinct. It all, it all, it all you know, ties into everything else. Uh, they do need to uh, connect Dark and Dynamite more because Dark has become far more important ever since the world did shut down. But now I think they're doing a better, a better job of that as well. So do let me know what you think about it in the comments or if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, give me a tweet at Simon316. And again, please do search for Simon as Pro Wrestling Show on whatever you listen to on podcasts because I do put the audio from these shows up, but I also put up extra audio. There will be an exclusive episode up tomorrow that I'd love everyone to listen to. Uh, smash the subscribe button and do all of that and you can stay up to date with my app absolute madness but yeah throw me some questions and some comments about the wrestling world and we'll get into that before we do well after we do the news uh danny phoenix says this slow burn cody hill turn is great and the best thing about it is as we said at the start of the show we don't 100 percent know it's going in that direction you're going to assume it is but you know who who has a clue who has a clue uh phil de phil de thrill says do you sit around drinking whey protein with your mate simon well brian cage and taz do and no not really in fact, it's interesting. When I first started drinking whey protein, everyone thought you were weird. They're like, why are you drinking sand juice, man? That's how far fitness has come. I was doing fitness when it was considered weird and people wanted to throw you into a pit for even thinking about it. Um, true story. Robert J90 says, off topic, but are you hyped for The Last of Us Part 2 and will you try streaming it? Uh, I am to a certain extent. I never thought it needed a sequel, but it's got so many good reviews. And yeah, if I can get my hands on a copy... Absolutely. We'll, we'll do some streaming of it and we'll do it here as well. So you can keep an eye out for it. Uh, Damn Lemley says Cassidy is slowly winning me over. I'm not the biggest fan of the fake kicks, but I'm really impressed by him able to do certain moves with his hands in his pockets. Yeah, and that's OK, too. I do want to point out that if you don't like Orange Cassidy, I'm not saying that Dan doesn't. He's coming round to him, but there's nothing wrong with that. You are allowed to think it's a stupid gimmick and it shouldn't be used here and it shouldn't be used there. That's absolutely fine. There's no there's no issues. I just think it's a really cool idea. And ultimately, I base it on reactions. And when they did have fans, people used to go crazy for Orange Cassidy. And that I'll never crap on anything that connects with fans because that's all wrestling. That's all wrestling is. Uh, Riani38 says, I still don't understand the Butcher and the Blade. The gimmicks are confusing. Are they monsters or are they from Fry City? Great potential, though. Well, I'll give you a little spoiler for ups and downs. I'm done talking about it. Because when I bring it up, I just get lambasted with hate on the internet. I'm like, this isn't worth it. It's just not worth it. I agree with you. One of them was wearing a nine-inch nail shirt later, but I have come to peace with it, come to terms with it. That's just how they dress in their, in their casual life. They just dress like they're from Miami Vice, which is fine. Miami Vice was a great show. There was a remake, I think, at the moment that people enjoyed to a certain extent. So I don't get it. I think they look so cool when they come out in their wrestling gear that you want to try and keep that pretense up when you're not in your in, in your fighting clothes. But it's not a big deal. And it's not a heel to die on by any stretch of the imagination. They're also a great team. I really like the Butcher and the Blade. And if it does turn out that Bunny is trying to screw over QT Marshall, and then we go into a feud between the Butcher and the Blade and the Nightmare family, 
that's okay. That's cool storytelling. And I will have egg on my face, but I love egg. So I'll eat it, get some protein in and just enjoy the story. So it's a win-win as far as I'm concerned. Um, and Chris like Jill Sandwich says, it's hard to find something different in wrestling. Cassidy is different and that's good. Yeah, that's the other thing with wrestling is that because you can do whatever you want, do whatever you want. You know, try it. See if it works. If it doesn't, yeah, wrestling fans will crap over you, but you can get past it. Talking of that, Chris Statlander did get injured. I don't think we talked about that. I think that's in the last few days. She's torn her ACL, I believe, which means she'll be out for ages, which sucks. I think she had another injury this year as well. So, you know, all the best to her, and I hope she recovers soon. I've heard nothing but good things about her. Like, she was trained by the former Kurt Hawkins, and even he said she was his best student. So I want to see how I think she's going to be massive. I just think it's going to take some time, not because it's her, because that takes wrestling takes time. It's as simple. Uh, it's as simple as that. Our truth is getting a game show on the network, which I'm kind of excited about. I think it starts July 14th. It's literally called our truth's game show. So, <laughs> so I have to see. We'll have to see what goes down. And then, yeah, a lot of the other news is just about how pissed off people are with the recent uh, taping delays in wwe the smackdown guys were kept on a couple of days and then smackdown got delayed itself it just sounds like a nightmare but ultimately if we get to the point where uh, people are being tested for the for the for the illness then that's you know that's the most important thing the other thing is as well is apparently talking about the pandemic apparently oscar has impressed vince mcmahon so much he now wants her to be the top star or one of the top stars in the division which I think is exciting for two reasons. One, somebody needed to fill the Becky Lynch spot. And Charlotte was always going to be put there. But Charlotte, um, she was already there in many ways. Whereas a lot of people have been critical of Oscar's treatment, right? It's been a, a conversation, even though she's done really good. <laughs> like she had the longest NXT reign. She won the Royal Rumble and so on and so on. But there were times when she just vanished from television and it was strange. Apparently now Vince McMahon has, has seen the wonder of Oscar and now he's going to get behind her. And I think that's awesome. I think that's great. You know, there's nothing she can't do as far as I'm concerned. She gets her character. She's awesome in the ring. One of the best competitors, man or woman, on WWE's roster. Um, she has personality. She's funny. She's quirky. She can play face. She can play heel. Heel's a bit more different because I think she has so much respect from the hardcore wrestling fan. They're not going to boo her. But yeah, I, 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 was, quite, I was quite jazzed up when I read that. I was like, hell yeah, let's make... Let's make her as big as you can. Because she is in her mid to late 30s. So, you know, don't wait around. Strike now. Strike now, damn it. There's nothing. There's no, there's no need to wait around. I also did catch up with the, the Last Ride documentary finally. Loads of people always ask me about that. I think it's awesome. You know, I, I just think it's such an incredible... I do think Mark Calloway gets into a pattern after a while. Where it's like, oh, I just want to have one really good last match. Has a good last match. Oh, I just need one more match. But that, I think, actually adds to the story. He doesn't know when the right time to quit is. Um, I thought the the episode with uh, in uh, no Super Showdown in... The, the, the combined one, it was the Triple H match and the match when Shawn Michaels came back. So that's both Australia and uh, Saudi Arabia. I thought it was fascinating to hear Undertaker Kane, Triple H and Shawn Michaels just look down a camera lens and go, that was a pile of crap. And I think sometimes, you know, because when that match happens, everybody on the internet was just crapping on them. Oh, bullshit, bullshit. And I remember thinking, of course, you're allowed your opinion and you should be open to talk about it. Just try and be nice. That was the issue. So many people weren't. But of course they know. Do you think the Undertaker, Triple H, Shawn Michaels and Kane don't know when they've screwed up? With guys with that much experience, of course they do. Of course they do. So, yeah, I found that absolutely fascinating to listen to. Uh, Undertaker, I mean, when I see him walking around, I just like, wow, man. Wrestling is the craziest sport in the world. You know, that's what he's done to himself. Both, you know, to, to pursue his dream and to entertain people like you and me. 
it's it's absolutely incredible thing to think about and i think we take it for granted a lot because we've seen it so much absolute madness uh, man with the beard says with the huge focus on the tag team division in eaw do you think the singles division has suffered cody aside i don't think there's too much to really recall home about that's uh, here's the thing you are right to a certain extent because if i try and come up with feuds at the top of my head singles wise moxley and brian cage cody and jake but you mentioned cody and then yeah a lot of it is tag team focus but i've got no problem with that i, I do think it should be better balanced i always think you should try and get a 50 50 split but it's nice to have a company that focuses so much on tag team wrestling. It's what I wanted WWE to do more of when All Elite Wrestling was born. I thought it made, you know, give them a kick up the ass because they have so many good tag teams. So yes, it could be better balanced, but I'm certainly not against it because tag team wrestling is great. It's as simple as maths. How can you make a match difference when you're sort of focusing on one versus one? Make it two versus two and make it a team so you can do double team moves and you can have you know, other narratives in play. It's like, yeah, kind of the easiest thing in the world. So yeah. I don't mind it at all. But you always want to get to a point where you're firing on all cylinders. And I do think we're getting in that direction. I think it will be better when fans are back. But I do like the world title program. I do like the mid-tier title program. I like all the stuff going on with the tag teams. And I think the women's division is getting far better. Again, they do get a little bit of a let-off because they lost two people that were key to their to their plans. Um but I do think it's better than it was. And I do think it's far more eclectic than it was. You know, my, far more varied and diverse, which I think is, uh, which I think is really important. Um, Geist Tink, maybe? Geist Tink? Maybe Butcher and the Blade live the Droog lifestyle, hence the white clothing. I don't know what that means. But I'm just going to say, okay, in case anyone ever clips this. And I get... <laughs> <laughs> and I get taken out of it. Apparently, Undertaker was on After the Bell with Corey Graves today. I will listen to that. Randy Orton was on After the Bell last week. Really interesting guy. Really interesting chap. Uh, we talked about this the other day. He's on fire right now. He's absolutely brilliant. Uh, and long may that continue as far as I'm concerned. When he's motivated, he's, he, he is one of the best. Um, and Dan Lemley says Oscar is one of the MVPs of WWE right now. I was trying to come up with this list the other day. Who has been the MVP of the behind closed doors era? Oscar is one. Britt Baker is one. MVP is one. Um, there's other guys I had now. Bailey, she'd absolutely be one. I prefer this new character now, this new gimmick to her hugger gimmick. I think it's much more interesting and funny. I had somebody else as well that I now can't remember. It's gone. But uh, there are some people that really um, grab the ball and run with it. And I think that's great. I think that's awesome. You know, you want to see people uh, being able to do that. Because sometimes in the past that hasn't happened. But yeah, Oscar, I mean, Oscar was always good. I always found her entertaining. But it feels like almost like a Drew McIntyre. She has been given free reign to do what she wants. And as it turns out, she's very, very funny. And if somebody's funny, I'll love them forever. I'm as simple as that. I'm a shallow guy. Uh, Bottle Job One says Angel Garza has grown in the behind closed doors era. He would be another one. And that's a story that came out this week, too. Apparently, Vince McMahon is also high on him and sees him almost as like a younger second coming of Eddie Guerrero. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that. What a comparison to make. And I think it's kind of fair, too. I can absolutely see that. Angel Garza is a guy who, even if you've never seen him, after one week, you're like, oh, maybe I want to see what he's going to do again. He's just got something about him. He really, really does. Whether or not he goes on to you know, live up to the, to the name of Eddie Guerrero, who knows? But there are similarities there. I really, really dig him. And he's got a cheeky way about him. And who doesn't love a cheeky chap? So, yes, I... I'm a big fan of Gaza. Zelina Vega would be another one too. I think she's been awesome. I think her little groups that she's had have been you know, slowly breaking up now. We're probably going to get Angel Gaza versus Andrade soon. But still, awesome. Really, really awesome. I'm trying to think. There, must, there was somebody else that I had in the back of my head. And now I've 
completely forgot. I mean, Sammy Guevara, but I think Sammy Guevara was doing well uh, even before we got into it. Let's not let's not waste time for my brain trying to catch up. Um, Paratuso012 says, Jericho called out NXT for having soap opera type names. Considering AEW has its fair share of weird names, what are your thoughts? Soap opera type names? I don't know what that means. Hang on. I'm looking it up. Chris Jericho soap opera names. I mean, I haven't written that at all. Hopefully, Google helps me out. It does. Chris Jericho and NXT superstars, they've got ridiculous names. <laughs> what? This is Chris Jericho winding up the internet. Of course it is. I've always have a tendency to call him Juice. I think of Orange Cassidy and Juice Robinson. I get them mixed up. So I say Juice Cassidy and Orange Robinson or Orange Juice and Robinson Cassidy. That would be a great name for an NXT guy. They've got those ridiculous soap opera names. He's just trying to wind you up. He just saw an opening to say something. Everyone's got silly names in professional wrestling. Really? When it comes down to it, we just get used to them and they, and, and they become badass after a while. Like Seth Rollins, <laughs> Finn Balor, Roman Reigns. These are silly names, but they, they eventually work. So no, I think that's him just being, that's just him being Chris Jericho, but more power to him. He's Chris Jericho and he can, and he can kind of say whatever the hell he wants and it will be good. I seem to have frozen. I'm going to have to do this awful thing and refresh my browser, which means Twitch just destroys the chat. Oh, it's okay. We're still going. Ask all your questions again, because unfortunately I had to refresh to make sure uh, we were still going live because I didn't want to just be talking to nobody. That would be um, that would be no fun whatsoever. Let me just check. There's no other news because I like to talk about all the stuff. We've mentioned Kevin Owens rightfully deciding that he didn't want to be part of the tapings. Makes perfect sense. I think anyone that says anything otherwise is an absolute crazy person. Uh, that seems to be the massive thing. I mean, there's other news that's going on, but it's, let's keep this a positive place. A, pos <laughs> a positive, happy place. And I will catch up with uh, NXT as and when I can. I will say that if you haven't seen Backstage this week, check out Backstage. WWE Backstage was quite good. It had CM Punk and Bret Hart on it. And they have so much respect for one another, clearly, that I thought their conversation was really, really interesting. And Bret Hart, as always, doesn't hold back, went off on Goldberg. It's weird because Bret Hart does say that he likes Goldberg the person, but just despises Goldberg the wrestler. And I can kind of understand why. If somebody ended your career, you are going to hold a lot of bad blood. But I also think sometimes you've got to drop that stuff because it can weigh you down. But look, if, I, if someone ended my career using a dangerous move and a, a poorly timed move and a, and a bad move, basically, then yeah, absolutely, I'd be pissed off too. But yeah, if you haven't, if you've got access to W backstage, I think it did its second best rating ever too. Talking of ratings, the Raw ratings came out. I don't put any stock in them. It was the second best rating since WrestleMania, which is certainly a plus. So maybe the Bruce Pritchard era is going to work, but it was still a 1.9. And again, I don't think these things matters, but in terms of what WWE needs, getting over a two <laughs> i can't believe we've been talking about that surely must be essential we need to get back to that 2.3 2.4 at a minimum and smackdown really needs to be at like a 2.8 2.9 which it wasn't massively doing beforehand anyway so uh yeah it would be interesting i want to see what's gonna happen on smackdown this week now that we do have this shit this shift and also we don't know what the hell's happening with these tapings i don't know whether it has been taped or it's going to be taped tomorrow or whatever We'll see what kind of fallout there is because Mustafa Ali was also secretly transferred to Raw. And I don't understand why you do that when you're filming all the things in the same building. It could also tie into the hacker gimmick that we haven't seen in a few weeks. Has that been dropped? I hope not because people like that and that would absolutely suck. But at the moment, it seems to be all up in the air. So that's a little bit worrying. Um, Com, pause, 
Edobs, I think. Who will be Ma- who will be McIntyre's next opponent after Lashley? It's got to be Randy Orton. I think Randy Orton should punt Big Show in the head and take out another legend and then set his sights on Drew McIntyre, maybe for SummerSlam. And I'd be so into that match right now because Randy Orton is absolutely kicking all the ass. Matty P says, what do you think will happen with Sami Zayn? Well, he ain't going to come back soon. He didn't want to come back when all this thing started. So now when he sees the absolute palaver, well, actually, I guess you could argue that maybe he does return quicker than we thought. Because if they're doing proper testing and they actually have a more secure environment, he would feel safer. I don't know. But it could go the other way too. And we may not see him for a while. And then I don't know how that works out. I really, really don't know. I would presume when he comes back, he should feud with whoever the Intercontinental Champion is. But remember when Finn Balor came back and didn't care about the Universal Champion for about 18 months? You just never know. You just have to wait and see. Uh, The Real Iron Eagle. You think they may disband the Elite to give the EVPs more freedom in their character directions? First, you had Cody hints at no support and the Bucks not wearing any Elite mentions on their gear. They They usually at least have the BTE headbands, but new camp gear and no Elite mentions. What do you reckon? No, I don't think so. Um, Cameo gear, sorry. No, I think that if you are about to start a new stable with Cody, you want to make sure you keep the elite together, especially because you've got the inner circle too. And it may even tie into a blood and guts match that maybe is a three-way, you know, three teams as opposed to two teams. Uh, that's what I would do anyway. I don't think there's a reason. Also, there's no reason for the elite to break up. I know there was the Hangman Page teases, but they seem to have stopped. But you've still got Kenny and the Bucks. And there's been no even hint that their relationship is, is strained. So I wouldn't do it. At some point, I probably would. But I don't think now is the time. I don't think there's any need. Uh, Longshot Lark says, thanks for letting me know Orton is killing legends again. Didn't realize that was he's been doing. Well, I think it's kind of something they fell into. But if you look at this year, he took out Matt Hardy. He's taken out Edge and he's taken out Christian and he's calling them legends, which is why he should go on to the big show. There must be, I would put him in a match against Goldberg and I love Goldberg. I don't think it will happen. This is pure fantasy booking. But I would somehow do Randy Orton versus Goldberg and Randy Orton wins just so he can say that's another legend down. Which means that when he does go after Drew McIntyre, say, oh, you, you're trying to be a future legend, Drew. I'm going to stop that from happening. Badass. I wouldn't even mind Randy Orton winning the belt. That's how much I'm enjoying his stuff at the moment. Um, Pratty Oosh says, Penelope Ford was going to be the next challenger. Shouldn't she have picked up the win on double or nothing against Chris Statlander? Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I think. But it's not a big deal. People think if I give a down to something, it's doom and gloom. It's not. It's just an opinion. And you should choose to enjoy that opinion or choose to call me... Uh, a bored asshole. A uh, long shot lark says, Cody Sabian Havoc, who's the fourth and fifth? Are you referring to his new group? I don't think Sabian and Havoc would be in that new group. Uh, my, given the story, I would imagine it would be Cody, Sean Spears, and FTR with Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson in it as well for obvious reasons. But again, we absolutely no idea. Who knows where it's going to head? Um, Chris H. Jill Sandwich says, What other semi active legends could they bring in? Ray is involved with Seth at present. That's the thing. That's why I think Big Show and Goldberg would be so good. But as long as he kills Big Show, that's four. Four is enough to then go after the world title and kind of just leave that in the ether. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. But I don't know. I don't know where they're going at the moment. It seems like plans are changing all the time, especially at the moment, right? Because Paul Heyman would have had a bunch of stories lined up. I mean, Alistair Black wasn't on Raw at all. Could be worrying. Could not be. We'll see what happens on Monday. But they are obviously going about to head off in a bunch of new directions. And we have to see whether we enjoy it or not. I do worry that we're now focusing more on the week to week. I actually think the the long-term story planning of trying to get new stars over made more sense. But I don't have to worry about that. So everything is all good. Uh, Somebody else mentioned Kane. I don't think we need to bring Kane back. And Kane is one of my favorite wrestlers ever. I don't think there's... I would just let Kane 
fade into the dust. <laughs> Unless you can do one last match between The Undertaker and Kane, you know, just for, you know, nostalgia's sake. I don't think we need to bring Kane back for any more feuds. He's got, he's got a, a district to run or a state or a whatever the hell he governs or mayors over. He's got to do that. He's got far, far more important things to do. Um, so Randy Orton taking out Brock Lesnar. I mean, it's just not going to happen. It's just not. I think WWE see too much worth in Brock to use him as a uh, story piece in somebody else's tale. But of course, it would be good. But also, Randy Orton doesn't need to beat Brock Lesnar. It would be great, you know, to, to define this whole Legend Killer run. But he's still Randy Orton. I think if you were going to have Brock Lesnar lose again, there'd be other people on the roster I'd rather see it. So they could actually use that as a stepping stone. Because even if he has lost a lot, he's still Brock Lesnar. He's still legit. He's still a massive star. And it will help somebody. It will. We've had this conversation before. Uh, the Real Iron Eagle says, Sidgwick from What Culture, shout out to him, thinks it's not a Cody Hill turn and more him having a Michael Jordan type championship mentality. What do you reckon? I mean, yeah, it could be. But then Michael Jordan is a heel to some people, right? That's the case. You know, one of the greatest, if not the greatest sportsman ever, he still rubs a few people up the wrong way. And then we get into a whole conversation about what's a good guy and what's a bad guy. I like the fact we can have the conversation. That's all I ever need with wrestling. It's like any other kind of TV show that I watch and I enjoy and I get invested in. Well, what does that mean? And what did this mean? Oh, I can't wait to see what they do next week. That's all I need. The dangling carrot. I mention the DC all the time. It sounds weird, but it's absolutely true. Um, and on that note, I think we can, uh, we can wrap stuff up. It's been, a, it's been a loud week, but also a quiet week. And now I just need to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> this is what i've decided i just need to get some sleep i need to lay down and rest my bald head but yeah congratulations to ricky starks i think he'll be great in AEW, and it's awesome that he signed a contract uh please do check out my youtube channel search for simon miller you'll see with me in my wrestling gear give me a subscribe come chat to me on simon miller 316 at instagram and twitter uh what else do we do patreon.com forward slash simon miller 316 again thank you I have so much support especially at the moment it blows my brain i'd have to cancel all my podcasts and my youtube channel without that you, you're keeping it going and the love does not go unnoticed you humble me uh, like crazy to say the least uh make sure you hit the follow button on twitch as well so you know when i go live when i get my ass in gear we'll actually be streaming sort of most days even if it's like a little half an hour shot here and there just to talk about the latest news uh, not just to get my numbers up so i can be affiliated but also because i think it'd be quite fun and we may as well take advantage of this new platform that we're trying out either way make sure you enjoy smackdown make sure you enjoy the weekend we'll be back next week and yeah if you go to what culture wrestling right now you can see ups and downs uh for for dynamite live and you'll see my bald head pop out throughout the next few days over there too. And on my channel and everywhere. I'm probably overexposed, but then my shiny head is also overexposed. So maybe that's just how I live my life. Thank you for choosing to spend this time with me. It means the world and I'll catch you soon.